All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. We have an amazing episode for you tonight. We are talking about the sunk cost fallacy. Don't fall victim. Keep your ships rising. Don't fall backwards, my friends. We have a little office talk. What do you learn from an interview? I have some ideas. And then the closing thought of the episode, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, friends, the ultimate OD podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are going to keep on rolling. We're having fun. We're getting better as an office, as offices, and I just love talking to you guys. I love the feedback you give me. Next week... I am going, I will still have episodes and stuff like that, but just so you can kind of know where we're at and when I'm recording this, I'm going to Vision Expo West. Should be fun. A lot of good classes I'm going to. Uh, I'll take all the information I can get from there and see how we can apply it to our practices. And I love to share that with you. Kind of helps me download it into my brain, right? It's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to quote unquote teach something. Whenever I do these podcasts, I always feel like I'm uh, trying to teach, trying to educate, trying to inform and when I do that, I have a higher level of understanding. It makes my office better. So I'm not going to lie to you. It's a selfish reason to, that I do this to make my office better. But guess what? We all we all grow together. And by me doing this, I talk to you, you talk to me. And iron sharpens iron, my friends. We get better every day. Uh, remember to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever uh, social media platform you're using. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. That helps us grow, helps us continue to do what we do. Today, I am talking about something that's been on my mind uh, as I've made a hire, and it's not the greatest hire. Uh, it's the sunk cost fallacy. All right. What is the sunk cost fallacy? It's where you continue a behavior or endeavor because you've invested time, effort, or money and regardless of the results you're getting, you're going to keep moving forward. Okay? Man, this hits home because it is everything that we do in life. Let's give you some examples. Okay? These are some big picture examples. You search the internet for sunk cost fallacy. These are the big ones that come on. One is uh, you bought tickets to a movie. Okay? You bought them a week in advance. It's the premiere of, uh, call it the new Avatar movie. Right? And... You bought them, it's December, and the day you're supposed to go, it is a blizzard. It is crazy snow, it's not safe, the theater is still open, and you decide, regardless of the weather, regardless of the risk, I bought those tickets, I paid $20, I have to go to the movie, all right? Now, realize that you're risking your health, you're risking, you know, the ability to even get home, because you paid $20, right? That's a sunk cost. It is gone. You're not getting the money back, but you still risk it to go there. All right, what's another example? Uh, Two of my favorites that you think about all the time is food. All right, for example, I went to Meyer. Meyer's in Michigan. Uh, I bought steel cut oats. I like eating steel cut oats, but they changed the brand. It used to be a little more, I don't know how to describe it. It used to taste different. Uh, The stuff I got now is more mushy and just, just disgusting, right? And I ate it the first day, said to my wife, oh, this is different. She goes, is it good, different, or bad? I go, not good, 
but maybe I made it differently. So I tried to do it. Uh, didn't go well. Looked at the box. Same box I've always bought. They just changed it up on me. Amazing. Uh, so I don't like it. It's the same stuff. What is my option? Well, one, I can just throw it away, move on with my life, and buy something else. Or two, because I paid $5 for this you know, whole thing of oatmeal, I'm going to eat it. And then nothing's going to stop me. What do you think I did? Option number two, I ate it until it was gone, and I wasn't going to waste that $5. Now, in the whole grand scheme of things, was that worth it? Did I really have to do that? The answer is absolutely not, but that's how we think. Think about books. If you guys are readers, I'm a huge reader. I get a book. I start reading it. I don't like the book. Do I stop? No, I bought the book. I have to keep reading it. I have to finish it. You don't have to finish that book, my friends. You can just shut it. It's not good. Find a book you like. Move on. But we get into it. We've invested the money to buy the book. We've invested the time we got halfway through. You don't want to just stop. And you just continue to go down that road. To the point that they did a test. And one of the tests was, somehow imagine the scenario where you are gifted, gifted, not bought, you're gifted two tickets One to Cancun and one to Saskatchewan, Canada. Now, the ticket, the value of the Cancun ticket was $200. The value to the Saskatchewan place is $800. All right. By happenstance, these two trips are on the same days, right? So you can't go on both. The studies show that even though you probably would love to go to Cancun more than Saskatchewan, Because the Saskatchewan tickets are $800, you are more likely to take that trip. They found that that's what it is if you bought the tickets, and that makes logical sense, I guess, because you paid the money. But even if you're gifted them, the one trip that has more value monetarily, even though you would rather go to Cancun, the majority of people will go to the trip that has more money. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all, right? If you stand back, you pull yourself out of the trees and look at the forest, we can easily say that's ridiculous, right? Well, that's what consultants do when they look at your office. They see all the things that you are doing wrong, all right? What are you committed to? What have you been doing for years? And you just keep doing it because, well, this is how it's always been done. Or I spent all that money to get new filing cabinets for all the paper charts I'm still using, right? I don't care what it is, but... They see all the things that you're doing, and from the outside perspective, you can be like, no, why are you doing that? Stop. There's better technology out there, all right? Think about frame lines that you have. You buy a frame line, like I've done this, I talked about it on the podcast, I bought State, and it didn't move, I didn't really like it. Do you think I sat on it? No, I dumped it, got rid of it, sold it off, and moved on with my life, right? Well, I did that early on in my career too, so this is 10 years, 11 years in, Year one, I bought some frames I didn't really like. I think it was Gucci at the time. Gucci was not a bad one. It just wasn't a big seller for my office. And and Jimmy Choo was another one. Not great for my office. But I had them. I bought them. I invested the money. And I'll be darned if I was going to just, you know, eat the cost of the, call it $1,000 that I put to get into that brand line. Uh, I wasn't just going to eat the $1,000. I had to have my own board. Now, if I would have switched them out, got something that would have moved more, more Kate Spade, more Banana Republic. You pick your, you know, 
Pro Design Denmark, whatever moves in your office, I could have taken that thousand dollars, just put it in back, um, bought a whole new set of frames. So again, you're gonna spend money again, probably less because not as high end, and they move. You're gonna get ahead, but you have invested the money in those frames. You've invested the time in training your staff on that new frame line. You've invested the time in, um, you know, putting up POP, redesigning your office for this frame. Uh, the ads you make, the, you know, social media posts, and you just keep it, right? From a business perspective, you know this is not moving. Your writing's on the wall, but you stick with it. That is a sunk cost, my friends. You have to get out of that. Now, let me give an example. This is one of the prime examples that made me think of this, okay? Probably four or five years ago, hired a staff member and he was a teacher and he wanted out of teaching, just didn't like it, which, you know, understandable and wanted to get into something else. So I'm like, first time I'm hiring a guy, he has a degree, family I know, he he should be a good fit. We want him to go there. And he was one of the probably just effort and ability. There's people that were worse ability wise, but he's probably the worst employee I've ever had in my life. Just awful. For example, uh, the phones were ringing. We have phones everywhere and three people are in the back room checking in frames and lenses and stuff like that. He's literally right by the phone. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you get the phone? He's like, well, I had these charts in my hands. Put them down, sir, and get the phone. Well, I'm not just going to put these down. I go, yes, you are. And the straw that actually broke the camel's back, right? Uh, this is the time I had two offices. It was him and one other staff member. And, you know, surprise, surprise, he didn't have a vehicle, okay? So his dad came to pick him up, and they were closing. They had to do all their closing duties and stuff like that. And instead of finishing, closing with the other staff member, like, hey, my ride's here. Got to go. Sorry. Bye. Left. Left her all by herself, and I'm like, that is, that's it. He's done. Get him out. Well, from start to he's done was one year, right? Me and my office manager at the time, we spent so much time, effort, and energy trying to talk to him, trying to coax him, trying to get him to be better, trying to find, hey, he's on the bus. Let's find the right seat for him, and he was always garbage, right? It created animosity with the other staff members. They were pulling the weight that he wasn't. Um, they were annoyed because he would always be lazy. When it was time to go into optical, he'd purposely run to the bathroom and hide so he wouldn't get called in. Like all these things would always happen and it made it harder on everyone else. Well, I fired him a year later. Bring us to today. Hired another staff member and not great. Ran on the wall. He's... Effort was a little bit better, okay? But you know what happened? He was doing charts. Someone came for a dispense. Everyone's busy. My One of my best opticians is in the optical. She's doing working with a patient. She leaves that patient to do the dispense because he was making charts. He, uh, I can't say this half member's name. We'll call him Tommy. He Tommied me, right? I was like, I said my office manager at the time, the people that knew Tommy, like he Tommy'd me. What in the world is going on here? And I'm like, done, over, gotta get rid of this. And the other staff members, I'm like, I promise I'm like, hey guys, this is this is what's going on. And you know what? They were relieved. 
All right, there. Thank you. We're very glad to hear this. They knew from the get go he's not going to work. I could have just said, I've invested two months of training into this staff member. I can't find other staff members. He's not great, but he can do the job. Nope. I'm cutting bait. Get out. You're done. And the staff's going to be better. We're all going to be happier. I'm wasting time, effort, and energy. Like, I bring his, like, anxiety home from, like, one, every day I'm meeting with him. Literally every day we're meeting. Like, hey, this is what we got to work on. We got to babysit him. All the people that train him are like, he does the work, but we have to double check everything. So we're doing twice as much work. I'd rather just do it myself. Okay. I could have a sunk cost built into that. Right. I could say, I'm going to stay with this staff member. We're going to make him better. But the writing's on the wall. Cut bait. Get out. Don't fall victim to the sunk cost fallacy. Right. How can we fix this? I'm going to give you four tips right now that you can avoid falling into that trap. Number one, always remember decision-making should be based on present and future costs and benefits, okay? Not past ones, all right? You spent the money. You made the hire. Who cares what you did in the past? How are you going to get to your future, right? This is being very forward-thinking. The sunk cost fallacy is always looking in the rearview mirror, okay? Don't look in the rearview mirror. Look forward, okay? Can you adjust your strategy? Can you adjust anything to provide a better patient experience, a better work environment, all right? Whether it's the schedule that you have, the insurances that you take. Don't let what you've done in the past, the effort and energy, dictate what's going to happen in the future. Now, we'll get to this in a second. It feels like you're quitting, right? You need to know when to cut bait when you're a business owner. There's certain things you have to see through, right? In a marriage, in uh, your family, your kids, right? Uh, exercise plan, diet. Now, even those, I would say, hey, you've committed to it, but if it's not working, if you're miserable, you're doing it wrong. You have to find something that speaks to you because if it's a chore, you're never going to see it through. Same thing with your office. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. How are you going to get to your future goal? Again, you have to know what those future goals are. All right. Number two, always reframe it. So the past decision or choice that you made helped you get here. But to get where you want to go, that next level, that North Star, that ultimate goal, the BHAG, you have to adjust. So I'm glad that we had we took those insurance and I'm glad we hired that staff member. I'm glad they helped us get to this point. They were a great transition, but now for us to get where we need to be, they have to go. We have to cut the insurance. We have to book up our schedule or downgrade the schedule. I don't care what it is, but you have to say in your mental model, what you did got me here, but I know where I need to go. I have to switch. This is how I get to be that next level, the best of the best, the top 1%, right? If you say that, you're going to be better, okay? It's just... It's mentally creating a scenario. So it's, it's a psychological game you're playing with yourself, but you know how you got here. Don't let it affect your future, all right? Now, from a business perspective, remember that a project's value or future value, potential value, is not based on anything you've done in the past. It's everything is based on viability. Everything is based on what can you do for me now. Remember, seasons change. Don't be the Polaroid company, right? 
That Polaroid picture and then in the world of digital cameras doesn't do anything for you. Don't be the VCR. All right. Embrace the change, make the move, and know where the future is going. Like from a marketing perspective right now, do you want to stick with Facebook or do you want to go with YouTube? Right? What do you think is going to be around in 10 years if you had a bet, Facebook or YouTube? Where should you put your money now? If you've put the past 10, you know, five years into Facebook, it's done really well, then you should start developing the next level. Right? This is the sunk cost fallacy. Don't let the past dictate the future. How viable are things as you move forward? All right. And then the last thing, and I know this is going to sound funny, maybe, or crazy, but fail quickly. All right. That's the key to entrepreneurship. That's the key to running a business. You got to fail fast so you have time to recover. All right. And this is a long, drawn out thing that takes one to five years for you to figure it out. You're going to be left behind. Someone's going to be better than you, and you're going to be overtaken. Okay. Find out if it's worthwhile, if it's viable, if it's going to work for your office, for your situation. If it's not, you know and move forward. So you have to put it out there. Sometimes we want to ease in, just dip our toe in. Jump in the deep end, see if it's going to work. If it doesn't, cut bait, move on. Don't let past dictate your future. All right, Don't let the past dictate your future. You can be better than this. There's so many things that this applies to. I like to look at it in the you know, scope of the office and scope of optometry. And that's what we like to talk about. But every aspect of your life, my friends, this will make you better. So that's what I have uh, more for you next week. All right, friends, a little office talk. So as you know, just talked about a second ago, got rid of a staff member uh, trying to hire a new one. All right. I will tell you this. This is my philosophy. This is my view. The interview is the best that that person is ever going to be. Now, that's not saying that uh, you can't train management skills. You can't train them to be a leader. But what they bring to the table, like in terms of effort, energy, they're trying to impress you, right? So how they are on that phone interview, how they are in their resume, how they are when they're dressed for the interview, right? I big thing for me is I hate it when people are late, right? If you're late for the interview, don't even show up. Well, we're really hurting. It's hard to find people. And we had an interview at 545. The girl showed up at 546. My staff thought, hey, we're not going to do it. Like, hey, let's at least do the interview, see what she got. All right. Well, she was actually pretty good, pretty talented. I liked her skills and abilities. But the other question I had for her is, hey, all right, I didn't. Uh, she had strike one. All right, she was late. Right, that should probably have ended right there. But let's see. You have a degree in journalism, right? Well, I asked her. You just got this degree. Why here? Like, why not pursue journalism? And she kind of blank faced me. She's like, "Well, I have to get into an office first. And then I, I looked at her and said, "And then use us as a stepping stone to get where you want to be." And she's like, "Um." Yeah. Hey, don't worry about it. Just be transparent. I want to know what we're getting to. It's it's not going to you know ruin your chances, but like, what are you thinking? What long term are you looking for in a job? And again, she kind of danced around it, never really answered it, but kind of straight to you, like, she's, she's not going to be a long term. Now, when I'm talking to my staff, if her ceiling's high enough, having a year or two with someone that good based on what we have currently, or 
let's get someone that might have a slightly lower ceiling but might be around longer. Dilemma that we had to decide on. But high ceiling and not long term. So strike two, right? Last thing I always ask every single interview is when hired, and I say when or if, right? Um, when can you start? When hired, when or if, right? Uh, you are hired, when can you start? If they don't say, I really want to give my current employer two weeks notice, if they're currently employed, that's how they're going to treat you, right? Remember, they're working for them. At some point, they're going to be looking. And are they going to have the courtesy to give you two weeks notice? I When people don't give me two weeks, it is what it is. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have you out of here. But it's a common courtesy, right? And I've had people that have given me, quote unquote, two weeks, but they um, just, they they cash in. The moment they're done, they're not going to work anymore. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Just get on out of here. We're not, we don't need this effort. You're going to make it actually worse for us. Right. But she wasn't going to give two weeks notice. So those are th- things I'm thinking about when I'm interviewing people. All right. You know, take it for what's worth. But remember, they're never going to be better than that day. They're trying to impress you. They're putting their best foot forward. If that best foot isn't good enough, don't, don't sabotage yourself and Think that you can change them or they're going to they're gonna turn it on. Move on and go from there. Okay? That's been a little office talk. We'll have more for you next week. Where, oh, where have we gone, friends? We're to the closing thought of the episode. It got here quick. What do I have for you tonight? Today we're talking gymnastics. Yes, gymnastics. Am I a gymnast? Absolutely not. Are my daughters in gymnastics? Yes. And the thing that I kind of watch and see, when I first started, they started about uh, six months ago, right? So my oldest daughter uh, was about a month young to be in, quote-unquote, level one gymnastics. I don't even know what level one is, all right? And I'm like, well, this is the only time that works. Can we just put her in? And she's only a month away. So we put her in, and... She was the smallest. She was clearly the youngest, the least mature, and the kind of you kind of started just not fitting in, right? And as a parent, you're like, "Oh, did I just set her for failure?" And you know what? About a month later, uh, she was you know picking up, starting to hang with everyone, and then all the older kids graduated up to level two, and a bunch of new kids came in, and she was the uh, not, I don't want to say best head of the class, but she knew what she was doing, right? She was hanging. She wasn't out a fish out of water. And I'm like, good, this is awesome. Well, come about four months down the road and the teacher comes up to me and says, hey, uh, she's doing really good. I think she's ready for level two. I'm like, oh, all right. It's just, that's that's how it is. So like, yeah, she's good enough. And, uh, you know, just move her up to level two. Talk to the front desk. So talk to the front desk. We moved her up to level two and I'm watching her out there and I'm like, again, oh man, she's, she's a young kid again. Now she's a little, she's way better than she was before, but still a little nervous. It's nice because some of those older kids actually were with her on that started level one. So they know each other. They're helping her out. Good environment. I, I feel good about it. But you look at that and you're like, man, that's the only way my daughter's going to get better at gymnastics, right? You just... Get to a certain point where you're good enough and you get outside that comfort zone. And then you do that. And it kind of made me think, how awesome is it that she's in a world, that our kids in a world where they have that, right? Because right now, we don't. Look at you in your office. 
Where have you gotten comfortable? And when are you going to jump up to that next level? Right? No one's going to force you. No one's going to make you. And even if you do, who, how are you going to know if you're doing it good or bad? That's self-assessment, right? Well, you have, the, the only way we get better is to get outside that comfort zone and push yourself to be the best you can be, right? It's awesome when you have other people around you, the older girls, the older kids that look at you and say, hey, come with us, don't don't stay behind, and they pull you by their, their abilities, they pull you up, right? What do you do when you're a business owner? What do you do when you're by yourself? You listen to podcasts like this, you have a you know, mastermind group where you guys share ideas, share thoughts, and get to be the best you can be, right? You have to keep pushing yourself to that next level. That's what I got from watching my daughter in gymnastics. I hope it like inspires you. It makes something click. That's what I have. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.